Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to Talk Money. Today's program, well, the conditions look attractive and continue to look attractive for the equity market for the remaining of the year. Prices are at an all-time high and earning results are expected to continue. Inflation is contained at 2% and interest rates remain low. That's good. For Morningstar, Bloomberg and FactSet, the consensus of these three expectations about what's going on, well, the next recession, they say, won't occur before 2020 or even later. And these positive factors suggest that risk assets, including stocks, still have some upside potential. So guess what? We're going to do a program about that today. The consensus may be wrong about the next recession and inflation and interest rates will move higher as growth continues to improve. And some say the Federal Reserve may become too aggressive about tightening monetary policy. Well, all that makes a little bit of sense, but we're going to dive into that into deep side and look more into the detail. But finally, the U.S. political environment, that's important, is growing less certain before regarding trade policy, both regarding trade policy and the overall stability of the Trump administration. So what does all of that mean for us? Well, coming up, two very important subjects for every investor, whether you're saving for college education, buying that new car, or working for those wonderful retirement years, finding out why attitudes, approaches, actions that you take, or even omissions that you may make can hurt your results and how they compound the damage by leading to other investment mistakes. Well, the question that everyone should ask before you start to invest is when you're about to risk money, and that is, do I have an adequate contingency or emergency fund set aside in a separate savings account? Well, my guests, Latrice McClendon and Scott Jordan, are here to help us with these important questions and kind of to weather through all the news and the media that's going on. From our Did You Know files, from MarketWatch, consumer confidence soared in August. I mean, it, we're talking about moved in a great movement. The latest consumer confidence data came in higher than it has since October of 2000. Now, this strong reading may indicate that consumer spending will remain healthy for now since the consumer spending is more than three-quarters of a percent or three-quarters of the U.S. economy. Its growth is a critical factor to what we're looking at as far as we're tracking it. Also from Bloomberg, the gross domestic product, the GDP, was higher than initially thought. The second reading of the GDP expansion between April and June was 4.2% higher than the initial reading and still the fastest economic expansion since 2014. Now, economists don't believe this pace is sustainable. So again, we're listening to the media, you go back and forth. However, as rising interest rates, ongoing trade tension, and fading tax benefits could grow later this year, you've got to make decisions about what you do. 
with your investment portfolio. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program and podcast on past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Like us on Facebook. Coming up, Latrice McClendon, Scott Jordan, attitudes, approaches, and actions define your investment philosophy. How do you keep them in line? I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McClinn is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, you know, when we talk about the program, we talk about the questions that you've asked us. And so we try to put the program around some of your desires and questions. And this program is really defined by what you're telling us that you want to hear. And so one of the fundamentals of everybody before you ever think about doing any type of investment program is knowing how much money you've set aside or having set aside a certain amount of money in a contingency fund. I mean, it's all about do you have an adequate savings plan and then where did you put it? Is it in a tin can in the backyard and you forgot where you buried it? Or is it in some place that's safe and you can have access to it when you need it? Well, my guest today, Latrice McClendon, Scott Jordan, both are professionals at this. They know what's going on. They counsel people all the time. And the bottom line is, but you need to know how they talk with their clients about going through this process of making investment decisions and making the correct type of decision. So welcome to the program, Latrice. Thanks, Good to be here. You too, Scott. Always a pleasure to be here, Jim. You know, guys, you do a great job because you come with an enormous amount of knowledge and experience. But let's talk about this, Latrice, first and foremost, because fundamentally, everybody needs to know that before they dive into the investment world, they need to have some kind of an adequate contingency fund set aside in a savings plan. Talk about that. Jim, yes, they do. And and there are a couple of reasons why they need to have this uh, contingency fund, also known as an emergency fund. Uh, the first reason is, you know, it's, it's just what it says. It's for an emergency. So say your car breaks down, um, maybe uh, there your air conditioner goes out in your home, pull that money out for that emergency to get that fixed. Uh, the second reason is for just a long-term goal you may have. Say you want to plan a vacation to travel uh, to Europe uh, the following year, and you can uh, use that money to just save up for that trip. So we're talking about just those unexpected emergencies. Now, that's not yes. the Christmas fun. No. Because we know when Christmas <laughs> is going to happen. The kids' right? feet grew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not what we're talking about. You know, I think that's important for so many people to understand. This is not set aside for those those things that you're going to buy, as you were talking about, shoes for the kids, the Christmas fun, the, even the vacation to some degree, the trees. But the reality is this is that unexpected amount because it kills your investment portfolio if yes. you're having to go into your investment portfolio to do something in that unexpected way. You know, Scott, you talk to this a lot of times with people. What do you say when you're talking about that unexpected emergency contingency type of fund? Well, I think this is just a, a basic principle and a fundamental, Jim, you know, know when you you just you said it well and people come in they're excited they're ready to get started investing and we're 
like, well, we'll back up. Let's let's start here at step one. Let's make sure we have that contingency fund. And that is there for, like you said, those things that pop up that we didn't plan on. We're going to need access to some capital. And so we put aside, you know, most experts recommend somewhere around three to six months. That's different for different people, but that's a good starting point. And just having that in place is one way to ensure that your investments, which are there for the long term, remain investments. All right. So what you're doing here is you've got two buckets, your investment bucket and your contingency bucket. I guess what I'm wanting to hear, Latrice, so many people, there's a discipline here that, that yes. I mean, most of the time, you know, I don't mean to say this. I mean, I'm, I can say that there are things that I'm extremely disciplined on, and then there's things that I'm not very disciplined on. And sometimes saving money for that can, is something that is difficult for some people. What do you recommend to people who struggle? Now, I'm not saying they don't put money aside. They just forget that that money is not to go out to dinner on Friday with. That is for that contingency. How do you help them understand that discipline factor? Sometimes what I tell people to help them with that, and, and, and a lot of people believe out of sight, out of mind, is to have it automated out of your uh, account where that money is set aside, you don't see it, but you know it's, it's going to that savings to build that emergency fund. You know, that is so basic, and yet at the same time, it is that fundamental discipline. Scott, I know when we talk about that, we've just went through that with someone recently, and then the, the thought process was you could tell this is a very effective business person, mm-hmm. but that discipline was difficult. It is, and that's that's why, like Latrice says, making it automatic, having it automatically drafted, you know, if it can come directly out of your paycheck, that's great because you never even get to touch it. But if not, you know, having a, a draft set up out of your bank account to either switch to a savings account or a money market account, just something that's automatic, it's done, at, like you said, as a discipline month after month until we get that emergency fund saved up to an adequate balance. When you talk about investing, and that's what we're talking about, my guests today, Scott Jordan and Latrice McClendon, both of them are from Shoemaker Financial. Both of them deal with people on a day-to-day basis. And what we're trying to do is help people understand there are some fundamentals if you're moving through this process of becoming an investor. So many people, and Scott, you said it earlier, they like to jump to the real fun or exciting or, or sexy thoughts about investing instead of paying the price to do that discipline approach. And I think that's so important. So if you're going to do this and you're going to put money aside, the reality is you want to get as much for your money as possible. Now, I know you guys talk about simple interest and compound interest. Scott, what's the difference between simple interest and compound interest? Well, when when you have money invested or put into some sort of a savings account, it usually earns some sort of a rate of interest. So you start start with that. That's just simple interest. But compound interest is where you start to earn not only interest on the principal, but interest on the interest. So the larger that balance builds up, the more interest you're earning, and then the more interest you're earning on that interest. And it's really a powerful tool to save money very quickly. So when you're doing that, I guess I want to make sure, Latrice, you said out of sight, out of mind. Is that what you would say to that person who struggles is is to simply kind of enforce what they're trying to do by mm-hmm. saying this is this is your contingency fund, this is your emergency fund. You talked about your car needs repair, or, you know, or some you know all kinds of medical bills, whatever it is that can be a part of a anybody can wreck your investment portfolio. 
you've got to be disciplined with this. What would you say to the person who says, well, I've got $1,000? What's the amount that you feel comfortable that they should have? Well, what's recommended is about 20% of your income. Well, that may be tough for someone to start out doing. And just to build up to get to that point, maybe start at 5%, then go up to 10%. But you want to get up to about 20% of your income. Uh, where you're saving it in that emergency. So you start maybe 5% and you're just moving. In other words, Mm -hmm. it's a process. You don't walk out and say, okay, I can't do anything. I got to do this 20%. So you start by being just doing the fundamental. I I appreciate that. You don't have to walk out and chop the whole tree down today. (laughs) You know, you can take it one step at a time. What about um, characteristics of the the selection? Where where should this money go? I mean, uh, again, I used this. (laughs) I had a grandmother that said, son, you put your money in a tin can. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Hey, I'll be honest with you. I knew where that tin can was. That's right. Sometimes that's not a bad idea. I I got caught in the tin can one time and that was enough i did not realize that that was not <laughs> but, you know, that wasn't my contention. that wasn't your tin can <laughs> but the reality is where do you put your money i mean this is not this is not putting it in the equity side of the portfolio where do you put your money in this well immediately people think okay the first place for me to put my money is in the bank and in the bank you can put it in your uh having your checking account your savings account uh cds uh, money markets. So there are various places in the bank where. So you're looking for that. safety, yes. liquidity, and getting a, as maximum amount of return as you possibly can. And of course, in low interest rate environment, you're not going to get 10%. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to get whatever is available for what you're saving. But then you're disciplined. You're doing it on a systematic approach where you, you're fundamentally making this happen on a regular basis. Scott, is there anything that you would add to that? I mean, from the standpoint of overall looking at you know, helping someone know to start a contingency fund? Well, I just kind of want to drive that point home that, you know, like you said, you want to be smart about it. You want to shop around. You want to get the best rate you can. But rate of return is not the objective of this money. It's access to capital. And I think that's what tends to lead people into taking this emergency fund and wanting to invest it because they want to get a higher rate of return on the money, and that's not the objective with this money. This this money is act, is about access to capital when you need it. Now, you are you do want to be smart and shop around and get the highest rate you can, but we're looking for safe, liquid options to keep this money. When does a person start doing this? Scott, you told me that you had a discussion with your college daughter. I did. Yesterday. <laughs> I did. My daughter just graduated college, okay. so she just got hired in her first job. All right. So I set her down. You know, she's going to be making more money than she's used to, which she is already mentally spending, by the way. <laughs> and I said, if you will start the discipline right now, and I'm a big believer in giving. I'm like, take 10% off the top, I'm give it away give it Lord, where, yeah. where you want to give it away, um, and then take another 20% and put that back and start saving it. Where is not important right now. It's the discipline. I said, if you will learn to live on the rest, you know, take the 10%, give it away, take 20%, save it, learn to live on the rest. You will set yourself up for a nice future financially. Well, that's strong. That's a strong way of taking a dad talking to a daughter. Latrice? And I'll add to that. What you did, you added accountability to what you did to your daughter. And that's something that's important, too. And with people um, beginning and and having their contingency fund, this being uh, accountable of yourself or having someone else hold you accountable. You know, I, I think that is so critical and such a fundamental. And yet I know we pass over it. But as planners, we do want people to understand this is a basic. When we sit out and sit down and work through a strategy with someone, this is a basic fundamental because we don't want to wreck the investment portfolio 
because of some contingency that we forgot to plan for. Well, as I told you earlier, MarketWatch research shows that the S&P 500 is closed at its calendar year in the second half of the year. During the six months, that's from July to December, 74% of the time since 1950. Now, in 15 years of the 15 of the last 25 years, the index a calendar year for has recurred during the month of the higher calendar year has occurred during the month of December. Now, I want to make sure everybody understands something. Now, the S&P 500 is just simply those, you know, it's those 500 stocks. It's unmanaged group of securities. They're considered to be the representative of the stock market in general. The index performance returns do not reflect any management fees, transaction costs, expenses. And of course, you cannot directly invest in the S&P 500. But to think about it, the second half of the year, 74% of the time since 1950. But that's a headline that everybody says, wow, that's a great deal. So now if I've got my savings plan, I want to get into my investment plan. And yet there's some real problems with attitudes and actually approaches and actions that we have a tendency to get involved in and get caught up in. And it derails what we're trying to work. So now we've given you fundamental number one, have a contingency plan. Here is where we're going to start with some of those things that everybody gets caught up with the emotional side of investing, the sexy side of investing. And we're trying to say, hang on, let's talk about some realities. So Scott, I want to ask you the first and foremost question. When you're talking with people, when we're all talking with Latrice, Latrice, feel free to join right in. The reality is, what do you hear from a lot of people, Scott, when you're sitting down with them? What is the first thing that you see that we might say is an approach or an attitude? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we see a lot of people do is just what, what we call following the herd, where they've, they've talked to their friends, their family, their coworkers, and they jump over, jump on to whatever investment strategy those people were doing that seems to be working so great for them at the time. So now that's, when you say that, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, people following a group. I mean, that's just, uh, that's a safe thing. And so if uh, I, I'm, I'm doing this right now, someone told me about getting something done at my home and, uh, you know, it was two or three people said, this is what we did. Well, next thing you know, I'm right in the middle of what they were doing. <laughs> right. It has turned into a disaster. But the reality is, what did I do? They said it was good. They, I got kind of caught up in that momentum to do those things. And the reality is I shouldn't have, I should have backed away. How do you manage this? So if you're buying a car or a simple washing machine, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay in that instance to maybe get some advice from other people. Those aren't decisions that are going to necessarily change your life dramatically. Exactly. But a lot of people talk about past performance. And as we say all the time, past performance is not an indication of future performance. So what happens when you're following the herd in the investment world? Well, I think you, you know, there's a study by Dalbar that shows that the average investor earns around 2.3% less than the funds or the mutual funds that they're investing in their sales. And I think a lot of times that is caused by people making decisions based on what they hear other people talking about, rather than sticking with the principles of, I'm trying to multiply surplus that I have for future needs and stick into a discipline program. So again, if that's following the herd is a problem for someone, what would you say to them? You just kind of said it almost as, you know, sticking to a plan. But what would you say if they're caught up in that emotional side and they're getting all involved in that, how would you correct that particular? And again, I'm going to call it an attitude. Maybe it's, a, it's an attitude. They get caught up in that following the group 
How do you change that? I think it's having a, having a disciplined approach. We say this time and time again when we're meeting with people. We look at three basic principles, asset allocation, diversification, and then we rebalance the portfolio, and we stick with that. The asset allocation is determined by our goals, what we're trying to accomplish, our time horizon, things like that, and that's simply looking at how much are we going to have in stocks or equities, how much are we going to have in bonds, how much are we going to have in cash, and then we diversify those assets among managers, styles, geography, and we stick to a disciplined program. We don't get caught up in the the hot pick of the day because what's hot today tends to cool off tomorrow. And, and a lot of times you end up being the liquidity for the people that got in that investment early. All right. I think that's the problem is people get caught in early and you're the end of the road and you're getting in late. So following the herd, you would say, would not be a good attitude when you're approaching starting an investment portfolio. Don't get caught in what everybody else is doing. If you're going to do your research, do your research, make a decision, and then stick to your discipline of what you're trying to do. Absolutely. So here's what we've done. We've covered so far for with Latrice McLean and, and Scott Jordan that we've talked about, number one, having a contingency plan before you start making an investment plan. Then we've said, all right, now that we've started this investment plan and we've moved through that, we've gotten kind of into it and we're looking at it, we're doing some research. Now you have to take away the idea of what everybody else is doing, step away from that and make your own particular idea, your own responsive discipline and saying, hey, I'm going to build my own strategy and I'm going to stay disciplined to that. I'm not going to respond to news reports. We talk about that a lot. If you just tuned in, Scott Jordan, Latrice McLean, we're talking about investing and how to do it. When we come back, we're going to find out that there's a real problem, a big problem, that so many people get caught up in that if you don't control this, this can destroy your investment portfolio. You don't want to miss this discussion. It's a big discussion, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. All right, we're talking basically about Investing 101 and how to move through that. So many times you ask questions about how do we do this, Jim? You really say, you know, we want to, but but we get caught up in something. We get caught up in maybe a fear or maybe an emotion or maybe just doing whatever you do. And the reality is you stop investing. Whether it's your 401k plan, whether you're savings for college education or the summer home that you're trying to save for or whatever, it's how do you make those decisions and how do you know to move through? That. Well, my guest today, Scott Jordan, Latrice McClin, and we're walking through some very basic fundamentals. Number one, we said before you start doing any type of investment program, you need to have a simple contingency plan, an emergency fund, one that says if something happens, such as we talked about, whether it's the car repair that needs the air conditioner at the house, or maybe it's a medical bill that you just didn't know was going to happen. This is worth that contingency fund keeps you from having to go into your investment portfolio, go into your 401k and pull money out. You just don't want to do that. So you got to have a contingency plan. And then we stepped into the idea of following the herd. 
how it's, it's so easy to be at the tailgate party this coming Saturday. In reality, all of a sudden, somebody's telling you about what great investment they've been in for the last five years. You ought to get into it. And what do you do on Monday morning? You go in and you buy it. And guess what? It starts its downturn. I talk about this all the time. We talk about last year's stock. Now is this year's dog. This year's great history going super. This year's last year's dog. You can't do that. Those are fundamentals that you just need to be very, very careful with. Don't let yourself get caught up in the herd mentality and how it affects you. So we talked about the redemption for that, to how to get away from that, is simply to follow the rules. Be careful not to respond to news reports. Be careful to be stay disciplined, have a strategy. And, and these guys have done a great job of doing that. Latrice, before I dive into this third thing that we've talked about, this big bomb that blows up everybody's investment portfolio, and I'm going to lead that with, uh, with Scott, but you mentioned something during the break that I think is so critical because people will have a certain amount and then, you know, like $1,000 or $2,000 or whatever. You said you should get up from 5%, 10%, 15 up to 20% of set aside for that contingency. The, the size of the contingency, sometimes it's not as important as at least having something because it's contingencies that really gets us in trouble. But you said one thing to avoid, and I think that is so important. Tell our audience. I think it's important to avoid um, uh, using credit, credit cards, uh, which is why we set aside an emergency fund is to use that money uh, for the emergencies that we have. So not use the credit. credit cards can get us all in trouble. Now, that's a simple, easy out of mind. I, I, <laughs> I know how people do that. I mean, it's so easy. I've been yeah. doing this a long time. And people who I end up counseling and looking at them and, they, you know, I just feel for them because they've got five, ten, fifty, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in credit card debt. They can't mm-hmm. make that payment. Uh, they're not making the minimum payment, so it's just continuing to, you know, get larger. Uh, and so they have to consolidate it. Just all they're doing is moving it from one problem to another problem. And so you're saying that's a discipline there, and that is so critical. I think that's important for everybody to understand. Avoid yeah. the use of credit in your investment portfolio. Some mm-hmm. people just need to understand a couple of real things is having a contingency fund and avoid credit. That's mm-hmm. critical. All right, Scott, here it is. We've got a time bomb. It's ticking. It happens to everybody. All of a sudden, you've got a portfolio. You've done what Latrice has said. You've avoided credit. You've set aside a savings account. You didn't follow the herd. But this third thing just derails people all day long. What is it? One of the biggest problems that we see, and that's being an emotional investor. I say this time and time again, emotions are the enemy of any good investment strategy. Now, I I don't take that lightly. Financial decisions are stressful in general, especially when they have a lot of zeros after them. Especially when it's, it's personal. Especially when it's personal. But economies go up and down. We expect that. So not... Buying into those emotions or not reacting on those emotions. Uh, you know, when the market defies logic, either positive or negative, it tends to right itself. So we expect these expect these volatile times, and it's important as an investor not to get caught up emotionally. Well, I just, you know, I, I read the headlines every day, sometimes just to crack up. I think I, <laughs> I saw one today that said something to the neighborhood of the next correction is going to cause the largest social unrest that hasn't been seen in 50 years. I'm like, Wow. 
It's, you know, if you read that every day, it's hard not to react to that. If and, you listen to the media, if you read what's being print in the print, whether it's the journal or, or Bloomberg or whatever you're reading or listening to, if I mean they're there to get eyeballs and get your attention, absolutely, and it, it, it does create that emotional side. I mean, market goes up and down. It's the normal it's market. Normal. When it's just Very going normal. up, it's not normal. When it's just going down, it's not normal. It is literally supposed to go up and down. And the media has got to get your attention. They, they jump on it. If it's doing well, they talk about how it can't do well for long. <laughs> and if it's, it's doing poorly, this is the worst thing we've ever, we've ever seen, seen happen in our lives. You know, grab your gun and your, your Move ration. to the bunker. Get in there because this thing's going to blow. So but, it's, a, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, and I think, you know, social media and this constant access to news has, has made that problem even worse recently. And it's just something that, you know, as an investor, you can't get caught up in. And, you know, if it's something that you feel vulnerable to, that's why it's important to get an experienced guide to help you through the process. And that is so critical. Volatility, we all know this, can be extremely frightening. But the real danger, not volatility, the real danger is being too afraid to put money to risk. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, in an inflationary economy, we have to grow our money in order to maintain our purchasing power. And one of the best ways historically to do that is to get a little access to risk, you know, whether it's the stock market or bonds or something that's going to grow your money and outpace inflation so that you don't lose spending power. All right. We ticked, you know, the, the ticking bomb and it's just, it just goes off. All right. What happens, and Latrice, I'll ask you the first question. If you're talking to someone and here they are and you can sense that, you know, the, the, the eyeballs are big and they're just worried because they listened to certain newscasts last night and you're talking to them or, you know, you've got Scott, y'all are working together, you're going through this. What's the first thing you tell them to do? What, what, do, what do you try to give them this guidance to say, just take a deep breath? One of the first things I'd say is, is remember the strategy that we have in place. There, there was a plan, there was a strategy, and it's not just short-term. If it's a long-term strategy, remember, we, we have a while to um, make sure things are going to be taken care of for you because of the goals that you set. So the strategy is so so important. So now you're, you're thinking through this process. If you talk about that, Scott, what would you say? I mean, you said first and all, and I totally 100% agree, think about what you said you wanted to do. That's the strategy. That's the strategy. Expect downturns. Count on them. Know that this is part of the process. That's what you have to go through to get that reward of that rate of return that you were after in the first place. You have to... You have to experience that volatility. And listen, market fluctuation is way different than market loss. If you haven't sold yet, you haven't lost yet. So that's important to remember. It's not over yet. During those volatile times, it's it's hang on. Think about what is my ultimate use of this money? When do I need it? What am I trying to do with it? Let's go back to our strategy and go over Let me put that in kind of a square for us because okay. I'm very much box-oriented. So know your time horizon, whether it's short-term, mid-term, or long-term. Critical. And know what you have as far as the strategy and, and revisit the strategy. And then think, you know, if you're going to be investing, if you're investing short-term, that can be your emergency fund. That can be your CD. Yes. As you do. Mid-term might be a little bit more risk, but long-term, you should say, you know, risk on. I mean, I'm, this should. is about long-term investment. So know your risk horizon or your time horizon, and then focus on the strategy. Focus on the long-term plan. What are you shooting for? Is this your 401k plan or something like that? All that's moving in the in the right thought process. And again, I think it's, you know, we say that, you know, take the emotions out of your investing. That is so easy to say. So hard to do. So hard yeah. to do. 
Well, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about some very specific ways on how to implement taking the risk and taking this whole emotion idea behind you and understanding that risk is a part of it. Just how do you manage it? You're listening, to, of course, to KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. It's, of course, The Voice, and that's The Voice of Memphis. We're glad you're listening. Appreciate you very much being a part of the program. Uh, Scott Jordan, Latrice McClain, and my guest, I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The Liberty Bowl Stadium has been the home to many wonderful stories. When the Memphis Memorial Stadium was built in 1965, it was dedicated to Memphians who had served in the two world wars and in Korea. Its purpose was to relocate the Liberty Bowl from Atlantic City to Memphis. The stadium was renamed Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium nine years later. In 1983, the field was named Rex Dockery Field after a Memphis football coach who was killed in a plane crash just two weeks before Christmas. Since the 70s, the stadium has hosted numerous professional football teams, along with a few soccer teams. During the 90s, the stadium hosted the Memphis Mad Dogs, who were part of the Canadian Football League. Although there were some difficulty adapting the stadium to Canadian football rules, that one season in 1995 was a high point in the stadium's history, matched by the exhibition baseball game there between the Braves and the Brewers in 1975. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. You could lose money by investing in a money market fund. An investment in the fund is not insured or guaranteed by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation or any other government agency. The fund sponsor has no legal obligation to provide financial support to the fund, and you should not expect that the sponsor will provide financial support to the fund at any time. Money market funds may also impose a fee upon sale of your shares or may temporarily suspend your ability to sell shares if the fund's liquidity falls below required minimums because of market conditions or other factors. Although government or retail money market funds seek to preserve the value of your investment at a dollar per share, it cannot guarantee it will do so. For those money market funds that are not government or retail funds, the share price of the fund will fluctuate. When you sell your shares, they may be worth more or less than what you originally paid for them. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. Boy, that is a long disclosure. And if you didn't listen to that, I'll play it back. We're going to play it about 10 more times. Just kidding. Just (laughs) kidding. But that's what we have to do. We have to disclose because we're talking about some very specific things here to help you move into the investment arena with the comfort of knowing some fundamentals. Now, we're not going to take your emotions away. I can tell you that. Uh, You know, the only way you can do that is, you know, become brain dead. And that doesn't happen. You don't want that to happen. So emotions are going to be real to you. And understand that you're going to listen to other people and you might have a tendency to follow the herd. That's that's normal. Now, I'm going to ask Latrice here in a second because she has a great way of putting this into kind of an understanding. We talk about fundamentals, about basics, and what we're kind of covering with you today are some basics when it comes to investing. But I want to help her. She's going to help us kind of put in. She's a basketball star, and, you know, know, I've played her one-on-one a couple of times, and so far (laughs) we have been fortunate enough not to finish the game. That's a good thing (laughs) because I don't even – but Latrice, Florida State, graduate and, 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 you know, did a great job there and, and coach. She's coached uh, basketball. But Latrice, I, you know, in your professional world, you look back and you, I know you talk about this to a lot of people because reality is 
what you did as a basketball star, you also take into your business. Yes. And you help people understand that. And that key word is is fundamentals. And yes. how do you manage fundamentals? And explain that to us in that same thought process as a basketball player. Just think about fundamentals. When you, you see LeBron James play, you saw you see a product that's kind of been uh, it's, it's a polished product. Yes, it is. So uh, I'm sure when LeBron started playing basketball, he had to learn how to uh, do the fundamentals of dribbling the ball, shooting the ball and passing the ball. Those are just basic fundamentals of basketball. And of course, he had a coach that always held him accountable. What's well, the same thing with your finances and, and leading up to what we're talking about with investing? You got to build your savings. Uh, you got to try your best to um, not use your credit, stay out of debt. Those are some fundamentals with finance. And your financial professional that you work with is usually your coach is holding you accountable. Holding you accountable. So when you think about that, I mean, the reality is I like the example of LeBron James, but I could use you as an example, too. When you started as a young lady, a little girl playing basketball, you're talking about you didn't have that skill set that you have today, or you know, at your peak. And the reality is you had to do some very disciplined things. You had a plan. You, you, you had a goal. You had a desire. Desire, and that didn't happen overnight. And today's world, we have a tendency to drive through the drive-through. And last night, I have to admit, I went to the drive-through. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I had to pick up something to go home. Now this is typical. I went through the drive-through, made my order, came on out, and I got all the way home. And guess what? What was I had bought was not in the sack. Oh, not good. <laughs> you know, and so now think about it. Now, I have to admit, it took me a little while to get home, and so it took me a good while to get back, and my frustration level from when I got home to when I got there, I was nice. If it, <laughs> I was. it took a little time, though, right? <laughs> it was important. It was important. I had to go. Now, think about it now, guys. In reality, we're so intense, and everything needs to happen right now, and that's not what we're talking about. You didn't become the college star that you were where you were and, and, and overnight. It was, it was a lot of issues of practice and fundamentals that you had to do over and over. It's the same thing with an investment. Yes, group. a lot of practicing and a lot of coaching. <laughs> that's a good point. And yes. that's what we have to understand. All right, let me talk about this. If we're going through these fundamentals of having, helping people, we've talked about savings plan. We're talking about not following the herd. We've talked about keeping your emotions out. What's another one that we need to think about, Scott? I think it's hanging on too long. And, you know, we see this a lot where people become attached to a particular investment. Maybe they inherited it. Maybe it's a company stock that they used to work for or a stock that they just feel strongly about. And rather than having a strategy, they just hang on too long to that stock. It could be any stock, and a lot of times we talk about local stocks. We see a lot of a lot that. Of local, boy, I yep. worked there for 20 years, yes. and I want to hang. And, and again, we're not saying any stock is good or bad. The reality is it's just having a strategy. It's having that strategy of when I'm going to buy something and when I'm going to sell something and sticking with it, not letting, going back to the last thing, not letting those emotions get in the way and having a disciplined process, uh, you know, whatever the triggers are, whether you're in a fund and the manager leaves, whether you're, you know, the fund has changed strategies and whatever discipline you put in place, you just stick with it. Stick with your strategy. Know Absolutely. what your strategy is and understand your strategy. That's the third or fourth one we talked about. Give me a number five here because I'm looking down through this process and I'm trying to move. You mentioned this one earlier, and that is the idea of diversification and understanding and to rebalance. Help me through that one more time. 
Absolutely. Let's talk about diversification. That's really simply spreading your assets across different investments or different assets in order to minimize risk. Now, let me say one important thing. It doesn't it doesn't get rid of risk. It doesn't avoid all risk, but it is what some people call the only free lunch in town because you are able to add uncorrelated assets into the portfolio that will diminish the overall risk over time. So that's diversification. So we've done that. The other critical discipline is to rebalance. Um, we recommend doing it at least annually, sometimes more often if situations present themselves. But that's where you just simply go back to the original allocation that you decided was your strategy to begin with. You basically sell some of the winners and buy some of the looters, losers. That's the discipline of rebalancing so diversification and then rebalancing the portfolio. This diversification, you said it, it does not minimize. I mean, it may minimize risk. It doesn't take away risk. And people need to understand that, that all you're doing with diversification is looking. I mean, biblically, diversification. Ecclesiastes tells us to diversify yep. five times, even you know, seven, eight, maybe nine, eleven <laughs> more. The reality is, because you don't know the future. So diversification is just a basic, fundamental of investing. It doesn't Absolutely. eliminate risk, but it might minimize it to some degree. Absolutely. All right. What's another one? What's the, we're going through that one. Let's give me one more. Let's talk about just failing to stick with the strategy. Um, you know, we, we just, we kind of are hammering this point home, but it's so important. Uh, when you develop an investment strategy, you know, you talked about setting your short term, your midterm, your long term investment strategy. It's Having that in place and sticking with it. Let me let me take a break here because I want to come back. When we say that, you know, having a strategy and sticking to it, you would think that would not be a problem. I mean, we just had a perfect example. If you have a goal, and Latrice had a goal as a little girl to be a basketball. LeBron James had a basket, you know, wanted to be a basketball star. Latrice, everybody who sets that goal out there, why don't we stick to it? Let's go back to the emotions. Emotions get in the way. Following the herd gets in the way. There's a lot of things that that pop up that tend to derail us off of what what our initial goals were. When you come back, we're going to find out some specific ways of avoiding getting out of that strategy. That's what's important for you to know. So stay with us. I've got Scott 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 Latrice, Scott, <laughs> Scott Jordan, and Latrice McLean. They're with us today. We're going through some fundamentals about investing. One on one. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to. Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. All right. We have had a phenomenal discussion with Scott Jordan and Latrice McLean, and we're going through this process of helping you understand some fundamentals about investing. We get this question a lot, and yet everybody says, well, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I understand that. We talked about fundamentally, number one is basically having a contingency fund and being disciplined enough to make sure you're setting that money aside, avoid credit. And then we talked about what we see as attitudes or actions or approaches that just going to get caught up and you know whether we like it or not we kind of get into it and that's what we that can damage your investment long-term portfolio so number one we said don't follow the herd 
Stick to a strategy. Well, we're going to come back to that in just a second. Don't be an emotional investor. Quit worrying about what the new news media, if you've got that strategy again, then you know what you're staying to and stay with it. Don't let the media dictate what your emotions tell you to do. And that sometimes can be very difficult. We all commented about that was easy to say, but difficult to do. And then Scott talked about hanging on too long. Don't get so attached to whatever you've invested in that you can't say Time to move on to something different. Maybe if that attachment was good when you started, but it can also be very damaging as the mature as the portfolio that you're working with matures. And then, of course, diversification and rebalancing, another fundamental. We talk about it all the time. But now we're into what we say is kind of maybe we should have started with this one. But the reality is this is kind of the bow to the box. We got this investment box. We're going to we reached in and pulled some things out to know what to do. But this is sticking to a strategy. You know, Latrice, I'm going to start with you. When you have when you think about it and you're going through this basketball mentality and I really like it. It helps me see it. I could see you as this little girl with pigtails throwing the basketball up, playing and all that kind of stuff. The reality is you were probably good at six, you know, no question about that. She was six foot tall at six, you know, (laughs) bottom line. Dunking the ball. Dunking the ball at six. But you had a strategy. Now that's critical because we need to learn that fundamental of sticking to the strategy. I, I did have a strategy. And, and to be honest, the goal, first goal was just to make a team. So to make that team, I had to uh, improve my skills on dribbling the basketball, passing the basketball and shooting. So when I finally made that team, I was able to play for that coach that, you know, I looked up to and, and saw all the, the other girls from my neighborhood that played basketball. They played for her and they were successful. And and then I began to watch basketball on television. So that next goal was to become a, a scholarship a women's basketball player okay. and eventually be on television and play with the idols that, that I saw on television. So you had that strategy, and as you matured, that's, a, that's, that's how you saw it as that little girl. And it, that is so yeah. critical for us to visualize that. Scott, yes. when we're talking about an investment portfolio, I know one of the things that you literally say is linking your investments to your goal. That is absolutely correct. As part of the, the process we go through with clients, it's it's helping them, as as Latrice just kind of nodded to, visualize where we're trying to get. Because we're, we're investing, we're saving money for a purpose. There's a reason behind that. And we need to be crystal clear about that and know why we're doing that. And that can help combat some of those emotions or falling the herd or getting off strategy when you know clearly well where you're going and what it takes to get there. So a lot of people struggle with formulating a plan. That's that is so difficult. It's easy it to talk about it. Help us give us some ways to say here's what you do when you're thinking about a plan. I think you you sit down and first you have to, you know, like I said, you know, know your goals, know what you're trying to accomplish. And then you want to get a good idea of your current reality. Are you heading in the direction of those goals that you want to? So we look at current reality and say, okay, what adjustments do we need to make along the way in order to hit our goals? All right. Now let's think about what you're saying. Goals, short-term goals. Latrice talked about that from the basketball analogy that we're using. Midterm goals, three to eight years. Right. And then long-term is anything eight years or longer. Now, that was that big play in the, you know, scholarship (laughs) program. You know, that was that long-term goal. But the reality was she had that goal early on, and that was the way to do it. So a strategy keeps us from getting caught up in making any of the other mistakes that we were talking about. Absolutely. As we said, that's kind of the bow 
that we tie the box to it to help us get that done. Absolutely. And a, and a good strategy and knowing where you're going can help hold you accountable to your own best intentions, right? If you know where you're going, you have a plan to get there. That's that's a lot of help in helping you stay All right. In these closing few moments, you mentioned it, Latrice. You said, okay, I went out and I saw my coach. I liked her. She was a good coach. And she you chose her, basically, to help you. And she held you accountable. What would you say then? How do you find a person, a selection of a person to help you be accountable? Well, the the first thing is um, is probably do some research to see, okay, first of all, know what um, financial professional that you would want to work with and, and do your research to. So start research. I mean, asking people, obviously yes. doing that, listening to this program, that should help. Definitely. What others? <laughs> Scott. Well, I think, you know, then you then it comes time to uh, after you've you've found a couple that look promising, you want to go out and have a conversation with them and find out things like, you know, how are they paid? Are they a fiduciary or do they operate under suitability? Just just certain things that you want to know about a person that's going to be handling your or helping you make important financial decisions. All right, let's make sure we've covered. Number 1, we said start with an emergency or a contingency plan, a plan. Stay out of don't use credit. Number two, we talked about don't get caught up following the herd. Stay very unemotional about your investment. Quit listening to the news. Quit reading the Wall Street Journal. Quit doing whatever you do to get caught up in that. Those are critical things. And then rebalance and know what you're doing as far as understanding your portfolio and have a good, proper asset allocation. Rebalance. Don't hang on so long. Everything needs to be very carefully done through that. And the reality is, and then know the strategy that you've got. Guys, thank you so much for today's program. Latrice McClin, if you want to talk to her, give her a call. And also Scott Jordan, 757-5757. Thanks, guys, for being on the program today. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Well, this week's program, once again, underscores a message we have frequently shared with you. Instead of focusing on the headlines, pay attention to the fundamentals for a clear understanding of the economy and what you need to be doing as far as investing. If you have questions about how this data affects your financial life, about this program, we're here to talk with you. Call us at 757-5757. I want to thank again Latrice McLean and Scott Jordan for their help today. And, of course, Greg Ratliff for our producer does a great job. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McLean is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.